You know what pisses me off is that everybody is so used to hearing an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Why is that the only thing we hear about where it concerns apples? I love a fucking apple pie. Go to McDonald's, grab me an apple pie, and I'm happy. But when we talk about health, why does no one ever talk about onions? We never hear it. You know, they're rich in antioxidant compounds. They support heart health. They reduce cholesterol. It's good for gut health. It doesn't have, you know, the prebiotic. Uh, we can't, well, it's got prebiotic fiber, and we can't digest it. But the bacteria in our guts do, and they use it as fuel to increase their numbers and, and produce the products called short-chain fatty acids. I've never heard apples doing that, and it's a great antibacterial. You know, it's been used by folk medicine for relief of cough, cold, and studies show they help with a coli and other issues. It seems that quercetin, I hope I said that right, is a value here because it has the power to inhibit the growth of pylori and, M, uh, I was going to try and say, methylcyline resistant staphylococcus, ORUS or MRSA. But, you know, it's so strange. We hear so many people say, you know, Dr. Pat Ballone is always talking about how food and health and things that we take daily will help us. But nobody ever hears about the onion. You know, it was quite interesting that back in the day, Dr. J uh, yeah, he was a doctor, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, Will Kellogg, and L. You know, if you've heard of the Kellogg family, you know all about this. You know, so they were up at Battle Creek, Michigan. They started the sanitarium and actually converted it to the Battle Creek Sanitarium. But Dr. Harvey believed that a lot of the issues with people were because of their gut. It's true if you think about it. A lot of their things, the source of food, water, anything you take, has to get into your stomach and be broke down. He was a surgeon. He had all kinds of things going on. <coughs> Excuse me. So him and his family came up with a variety of things. They, they invented a way to make peanut butter. He believed the nut to be an alternative source for the meat protein. I mean, hell, he invented granola. Yeah, you know, granola, everybody thinks is this big hippie thing. No, hell, the Kellogg's had granola long before it became, you know, one of the things that you saw in trail mixes and things like that. It's been around for a long time. We're talking the 1800s. So Dr. Kellogg was one that said, hey, if we make bland foods, because, you know, he thought sugars and spices and stuff like that affected the gut, where Will Kellogg said, hey, sugar on cornflakes, that's a great idea. You know, you have frosted flakes. But John Kellogg was so against it. He said a bland diet would help reduce the issue of masturbation. Yeah, not that it was going to benefit the stomach or the whole body, but it also would stop masturbation. Dr. John Kellogg was one of the, I, I don't know how to put this, he was one of the leads in trying to reduce masturbation in men and women. He just thought it was a disgusting habit. And it's so strange, you know, he thought that producing a cereal that would lower your libido would help with that, help with stop masturbating. But, you know, masturbation has been found, you can look up the American Medical Journal, you can look up uh, you know, different things, Reader's Digest through Healthy.com just listed some of the top reasons, you know, help reduce stress, um, cramps for menopausal, not menopausal, menstruating women, you know, through the release of hormones. It's not the act of stimulating, 
you know, and just rubbing on your crotch and rubbing one out, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Rub one out. You know, if you're stressed, if you're upset, if you're having a hard time, you know, get those endorphins and all the hormones and everything that's into play when you masturbate, get it out, get it done. Not right now. No, no, no. We're talking, you're driving, who knows what you're doing, but think about it. There's nothing wrong with it. You're going, when you have that orgasm and you get that release, that's going to help with so many things. Yes, there are some people that have issues with it. I'm not saying it's the end all of, you know, stress and issues and hormones and things that go like that. But you got to look at old people like myself, you know, when their testosterone levels go down and they're not really in the mood for sex because they don't have, you know, the chemical properties inside the body, you know, so they may take fenugreek to help get the testosterone back up. They may do like me, hormone replacement therapy. They may do th different things, but it's amazing that we can eat things that help us get that libido back, whether it's maca root, you know, the fenugreek, things like that. So it's true that things coming into the body can affect us. Now, again, you know, in the 1800s, when the Kellogg's were coming up and trying to, you know, improve the health, even C.W. Post, if you've never heard of Post cereal, you know, C.W. Post was treated by Dr. John Kellogg. And so he started Post cereal. Yeah. Battle Creek, Michigan. You go to one side, you see Kellogg's on the other side, Post cereal. It's crazy. You know, everything that started came from the sanitarium, but is it true? You know, are all these things happening or people masturbating too much? Who knows? You know, but it's amazing. The truth and the simplicity of what we take in our daily lives can affect us. You know, look at what I said about the onion. Yeah. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. You're pooping. You got those fibers going right through you. You know, you got pectin and other stuff. But look at the onion. That's a powerful, magnificent, just piece of something you ought to be chewing on. Chew on something when you at least think about it and think about what it's doing. Help lower your cholesterol, antibacterial. You know, it's doing great things for your body. Eat an apple too. I don't know about eating them together. I'm sure there's a recipe for that somewhere. But I remember as a kid, my dad taking a form of whiskey, onions, and honey when we had, you know, colds and stuff like that. I know people that have asthma or high mucus levels that eat onions daily to help produce that. There's, it's powerful. It's strong. It's amazingly simple. I'm sure the people down in Valdosta, Georgia, and the people that make blooming onions don't want us saying, oh, this is a medical thing because then the FDA gets involved, and then you can only have 12 grams, then you can't have the blooming onion, and shit just goes crazy. When we get back... Let me tell you about how much I have missed you guys. Everything that's been going on, things that are getting ready to come up, things that we're going to be looking at and hopefully educating you on and getting you to reflect on and the relevance like, hey, after you eat a bowl of cornflakes, do you feel like tugging one out? I'm curious. I mean, I don't want to know if you're doing it or not, but does it inhibit you? Because, you know, you got to think in the 1800s, same time, in Europe, you know, there was a whole load of things going on for the treatment of hysteria. So while Kellogg was going around talking about all this smack about, you know, we got to reduce masturbation, it's bad. People like uh, Dr. Granville, Joseph Mortimer Granville, if you've ever watched the movie Hysteria, people, people say, 
you know, when he invented the vibrator, it was for muscles, you know, so they'd strap it to their hand or the device to whatever, and it would stimulate muscles. But he also provided massages for women, basically masturbating them by, you know, putting uh, pressure onto the clitoris and on the labia and rubbing it in such a manner as to produce an orgasm, to reduce hysteria. And you got to look back since, uh, I think it was, yeah, Hippocrates and Plato both reference the fact of hysteria and, you know, the history of it. So if it's prevalent in women back in the 1800s, and then in the 1800s, they designed Kellogg's cornflakes to reduce masturbation. Isn't that kind of like when you've got two different people, one says, hey, this is good for you. One says it's bad. One says build a device to help with it because it, we can prove we can prove masturbation helps reduce stress, reduce hysteria. Nobody can prove that Kellogg's cornflakes ever stopped anybody from running one out. I don't know. Don't turn the dial. Don't turn it down. Get ready to listen. Get ready to be engaged. And we'll see you in just a second.
Alan Wolford has produced this podcast for entertainment purposes. Neither this nor any other podcast he produced constitute legal, medical, marital, sexual, or professional advice. The opinions and views presented by Alan are his own and do not reflect the views or opinions of employers, clients, family, Facebook groupies, promotional sponsors, or baby Jesus. Any health information shared or mentioned as an alternative does not create any patient-physician relationship or other professional relationship between the audience and the presenters. No person listening to any podcast from this rocket surgeon should act or refrain from acting based on the content of a podcast without first seeking appropriate professional advice and or counseling. Nor shall the information be used to substitute for professional advice and counseling. As stated earlier, this show is for entertainment purposes, not how to lead or change your life. Do what is best for you or what your spouse approves of. Alan Wolford and all guests of the show expressly disclaim all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on any and all contents of this site. Hey, Senators, welcome back to the shit show. Alan Wolford, Diary of a Bald Man. Yes, it has been a minute. Don't be getting up in my ass. I've already had so many emails, people going, is the show over? Are you canceling it? Are you stopping it? No, just like in the show Life Interrupted, things happen. The wife and I had the opportunity to move from the home that you know we developed over the past five, five and a half years into something a little bit better, actually a lot better for our needs. So you may have heard, you know, while I was doing some of the previous podcasts, you know, I had my little corner of the house. Uh, the wife had her crafting in there. It was also my office because where I do consulting and stuff. So we were kind of stacked on top of each other. And you could go into any room, living room, kitchen. And the wife's, you know, side uh, interest in crafting and the things that she was doing was scattered everywhere. We just didn't have the room. But there was a high demand for, you know, crafting because people wanted to wear her shirts, drink out of her cups, you know, things like that. So now we're here and I'm in the new new market studio on Raspberry Drive. I like the sound of that. You know, over there it was Elm Village Court. And, eh, now I'm on Raspberry Drive. I mean, this is Berry Ridge. I'm in Berry Ridge. How many of you people live in a place that used to be a farm? Every street, it's a blueberry, dingleberry, strawberry. I mean, it's all about the berries. So a lot of things, again, happening. You know, we also just had so much going on over there. Uh, it was starting to get kind of congested because the properties next to us were built right on top. We didn't have room for the dogs, and that's another big thing. Rhonda got me an early Christmas present of a baby a baby. It's the cutest damn thing. Cutest damn thing. A baby Rottweiler. Imagine a beautiful little black and brown face looking up at you and licking on you before it attacks your hand and starts using it as a chew toy. That's what I have. And she got her a beautiful little doodle. And so I got Sheba. She's got Maverick. Great things are happening. You know, it's been a great period of time, except for the hurricane and for everybody in Florida and all the areas affected. You know, Puerto Rico, we got listeners in Puerto Rico. I don't know about Cuba. I, I've never seen that show up on Spotify. But, you know, for all of our listeners out there, God bless you. I hope you're doing well. I hope your family's doing well. For all those I know that evacuated going inland and stuff, we hope you guys get home soon. You know, be be careful. You know, I, I hate to see it, but after so many hurricanes, Katrina, and all those that have happened in the past, we've seen a lot of people just displaced, right? So... Let's get back into it. So, you know, we're looking at things and we're getting different opinions and different views, right? And so it's confusing 
Because like we said, you know, we hear about the apples. We never hear about the onions. Everybody has a favorite. Everybody has something they don't like. So it bends our opinion. So I want you to think right now while you're listening to the podcast. You know, a lot of people came up and said, Alan, we miss the stuff you tell us about your vitamins. We miss the stuff you tell us about. This is what you do for health care. This is what you use for manscaping. This is what you use for controlling the hair on your head. It's going to benefit some. It's not going to benefit others. You have to find your own thing. How do you search? You know, you've got to go through so much. But so many people are giving up these days because it's like, I'm going to do this. It's cheaper. It's easier. But if you don't have the pain and you don't have the struggle, and ladies and gentlemen, I know every one of you are struggling right now. You may be struggling at work. You may be struggling in a relationship. You may be struggling just with your inner demons, trying to figure out, is this what you want to do? Is this where you want to be? Like I said, Rhonda and I loved our house. We put so much work and effort into it. It was absolutely amazing. you know. And we were under pressure, the same pressure, but in a different way. And, and so you can relate to it. I hate moving. I hate moving. Growing up as a military brat, we moved all the time. That's why I don't have friends. I do have friends. I digest, you know, let me digress for a second. I try not to make too many friends. Because all the times we moved from the Philippines to Guam, uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, Great Falls, Montana, so many different places. You got to meet people, become engaged with them, got to love some of them. Some of them, not so much. But then when you leave in that portion of your mind, it's like, where are they now? How are they doing? You know, uh, what are their families doing? Because these were people that you lived with, you know. And lately, especially in the past 10 years, I've lost so many friends. Some due to age, incidents, accidents, self-inflicted. And I got to the point where I was so empathetic. I just didn't want to feel their pain anymore. I didn't want to know anything was gone. I didn't want to know they were suffering because there was nothing I could do because of being distant. I mean, yeah, you can reach out. You could talk to someone. You could communicate. You can lift them up. But it's that follow through. It's that follow up. You know, people, people quit when things get hard. Instead of saying, okay, this was a difficult day because I did it when we were moving. I was so fucking tired. It was hot. Uh, My Achilles tendonitis and my knee were giving me shit. So when I was trying to go up and down and in and out, you know, our family helped us with, they could, uh, with limited time and limited opportunities. And we had like four or five days to finish finalizing the house, making everything perfect. That's one of the things I love about my wife with all the stress we were under because you know, we were getting ready to move. We knew we were going to have to do some stuff to our house. Because when you leave, you want the person coming in to look at it and say, wow, this is my house. This looks good. You know, and I, I can't even tell you everything my wife did. She was adamant about anywhere we had a hole in the wall or, you know, a scratch or something. She coated it. She filled it. She sanded it, wiped it, repainted it. And when that that new family went in, that stress of having to fill or backfill or cover and conceal was gone. There was nothing cover and conceal. It was immaculate. It was a new paint. That gave them a good vision of us because it was like, wow, we know these people were here. We saw their, 
you know, furniture, the disarray because of the moving and prepping and stuff like that. But it was that confidence they had when they opened that door and was like, holy crap, you can't tell they were ever here. And you couldn't. I mean, my wife was could have done a crime scene, you know, cleanup. I mean, it was that perfect. Um, that's the way it is with other things. You know, when we're struggling, people don't see the struggle and effort for that beautiful vision, that end piece that you put, right? Every day you go into work. There are hundreds of you. Maybe some, there's just a couple of dozen. But when we look at things, sometimes we feel like my wife did with the struggle of trying to perfect everything in the house. I, I was just muscle. That's all I was. I'm here to tell you, she did all the beautification and touch-up. That, that's not my style. My, mine is hit it hard, hit it fast, get the fuck out, right? Let these other people come in and have their home. My wife wanted them to walk in and say, wow, this is home. We just got to hang stuff. We just got to put our personalities in here. Now, when you think about yours, we're not just talking about home. Work is kind of a home, right? We're with that family. We're producing. We're stressing. We're giving our life and soul to generate the income through what we do. And some people like me, you know, I was feeling so stressed because it was like, I was tired. I'm old. You know, I'm an older person. I'm not saying people my age, your age, can't lift and do and go all day. But that last day, it was an 18 hour day. It'd been 90 plus degrees. I mean, I was bone dry. I had nothing left to give. And when we got over to the house that we were staying at, the B&B, and we were finished, I, I was completely exhausted physically and mentally. And if you think about it, without moving, without cleaning, without getting stuff out of the garage, without loading the cars, that happens to a lot of us at work too. We put in a lot of effort. We go balls to the wall or boobs to the wall for, you know, those without balls. And we think about, you know, that person that's receiving this, that person that's getting this. Can they tell the effort I put into making it beautiful or user friendly for them or something that they want to take? So your mind plays tricks with you. It did with me. You know, I knew my wife could perfectly set that up, arrange it. And when those people walked in, because I saw it, I mean, I took pictures of it and it was like, God dang, you know, from what we had to what we're giving was magnificent. And that's what we all need to do. It's what we're giving. Don't worry about how they receive it. Everybody's got a different set of eyes, right? Some people say apples a day. I'm saying onions. Some people need sweet. Some people need savory. What you're doing is good enough. If you're giving it the best that you've got, and I did, I busted my ass. I didn't set up everything perfectly, but it didn't have to be perfect. That was me fucking with myself. It had to be the best I could do, and I did. Everything worked out. My wife gave me a list. She said, get this done. Get this moving. Let's go. You know, I'm used to that. I love the fact that my wife don't say, honey, would you please get this? She does say, please get this. Don't get me wrong. But she can give me a list and say, honey, I need this done. Man, I'm on it. I am on that shit. Because I've got a list. It's like, okay, here's a tangible set of goals. Here's the uh, way I'm going to get set up. This one's a priority because she's moved out of this region. Same thing at work. Same thing with your family life. If you've got kids and you've got a wife, you've got, you've got to set goals. 
Do the best you can. Don't worry about if it looks perfect. Does it feel perfect? If you did the best you can and it benefits the person receiving it, the person that's coming into your home, the person that's going into your heart, that's what matters. If you do something half-assed, fuck you. You deserve whatever shit you get. Don't do half-assed anything. We don't have but one chance in life. We only have, in most cases, one chance to do something perfect. Now, you can't help it. The machinery you're working on fails. That's your maintenance guys. You can't help it if they can't get parts. That's your parts and supply people. You know. But look at your office too. If people are hesitant to give you things, are you being a cock? Are you being an asshole? Are you just giving them something where they can't make that perfect outcome and they can't do the best because you're not giving them the opportunity to? You don't give them the room to grow. You don't give them the support. Then fuck you. It can't be just about you. If you're going to make something great, make sure the people supporting you are great. Making sure that you do great for them. You know, people talk all the time about, well, you know, I could do this if my team did that. Don't fucking make excuses. Say, hey, you know what? Alan did the best he could. Bill did the best he could. Now I have to do the best I can so that their efforts are noticed as well. It's a group. You know, unless you're an individual carver, you know, that went out and said, yeah, I carved this. Yeah, but, you know, that lumberjack dropped the tree. That truck driver brought the tree. This guy chopped it for you. Unless you're out in the woods, you chopped the shit down yourself, you sawed it up. Then on that, I'm going to give you a couple of accolades. But anything we put in life, whether we're a professional chef, you're in the office environment, you're a salesperson. Somebody taught you to do that. You improved for this group. And that's the only thing we could do is constantly try to improve. Be happy with ourselves. You know, because like with everything else, you don't, you're not born happy. You're not born depressed. You're not born racist. You're not born hateful. You're not born mean. These are things that we learn because in our mind, that's what we want. If you give love and admiration, you're going to get love and admiration. I promise you. Because people will reflect and mirror back what they see. If you see people turning and walking away from you, dude, you're, you're already two shits into the storm. There's nothing you can do until you stop, reflect, and say, oh, this is what I'm putting forth. Look in the mirror. What do you see? You may get cocky. I get cocky because I'm building myself up. I'm giving myself affirmations. But when I go out, I smile at people. My wife, people that know me, say, I call people by their name. Or I say brother, because sometimes I forget their name. I, I've not yet to call a woman brother yet, but I'm sure that day's coming because everybody's got pronouns. And it's like, I know my name's Lily, but it says he, she. And it's like, what the fuck am I going to do with that? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know, you know, is that like the case of the apple and the onion, and is masturbation good for you? Is it bad for you? Because, you know, it can't be bad. Anything can be bad if you overdo it. Anything can be bad if you don't do it enough. You have to find the balance for you. You know, I could give you all the information in the world about, oh, this balance of vitamins by this you know, particular company benefits me. This shaves my bald head, but yours is more square. You may need to try this. All we have to do is live, learn, love, experience. Try something new. You know, I'm, I'm working on new programs and I'm trying to make it more relatable because some people say, we love it, it's funny, Ella. But 
I'm not masturbating, or I have nothing to do with bald. It's not for you to look at what is just being said, but what's the message that you're receiving from it. Tell me. We have to make everything when we communicate either relatable or understandable. We, it should be both. But again, some of the things we get are not meant for ourselves. You may be the medium to say, hey, I listen to Diary of a Bald Man. This has nothing to do with me. I don't have EDD. I don't have cholesterol. I don't have colitis. I don't have this. I, and I don't have all those things. I'm just giving you that information. But you may know something that is. It's like, hey, you know, that albuterol, I know you don't have it all the time, but did you know if you kept an onion around and cut it up on occasion, it helped with this? You may know somebody on cholesterol medicine. Hey, have you thought about going to get some green shallots and stuff and chewing on them throughout the day to help get these in and help you breathe? It's not about just what we know. It's about what we share. Show the love. Show compassion. Share information. Follow the show, because I may not have anything that's directly related to you. Hell, I may, may just make you laugh. I may just piss you off. But am I stimulating a thought? Yeah. And when you stimulate that thought and you go through that stress of going, ah, oh, God, you know, I got to listen to that dumb son of a bitch again. But then you listen to it. It's like, okay, well, that made a point because I know somebody that's going to be affected by this. I know somebody that this is going to help. I know somebody that this is going to, you know, change something for them. Maybe make it better. I don't know. Think about this. If you had any question, do you know who to go to for the answer? You know, we're all tied up with social media. Yeah, we can get some quick answers, but people get frustrated. Go to people that have similar situations. Go to people that have been through the same stress. Talk to the people that have been under those same conditions and living with it and going out. They exist. There's a group for fucking everybody out there. I'm telling you, there is. You have a great life ahead of you. You only close the doors when you close your mind and say, it's not possible. I'm stuck eating apples. I'll never be happy. My heart's bad. This is bad. Take the opportunity to step outside that box. Go to the left instead of going to the right all the time. I mean, think about this. I was moving with my wife, my old ass, and my motivation was, I'm going to have my own studio. We're going to have room for the dogs. I've got a new kitchen in which I could try and cook this for my family. You know, so many different things. The stress of moving, having to start over. It took us over five years to get that house the way we wanted. And when we're leaving, it's like, holy shit, this is beautiful. The floor is beautiful. The color is beautiful. If only I had more room. Now we're looking at this and going, Guess what color we're going to paint this wall? It may take us a month to get to this one. It may take us that. But we have a goal. We're happy. We have a new canvas. Start a new canvas. Start it in your mind. Put it in reality. I'm not saying take up hobbies, go out fishing, masturbate frequently. Do things, little things. Make habits of little things. Get up in the morning. Do like I do. Go out, you know, 3.30, 4.30. Drink your coffee. Think about what you're going to accomplish through the day. Sometimes I have to write it down because I forget it or something else comes up. We know our, our priorities get exchanged. But end it knowing that you did your best. End it knowing people saw you in that light and they're going to reflect on that. And where they may have had a hard day with you or something like that, 
Because again, you know, we mirror things. When we're tense and we go up to somebody tense, when we're angry, we go to somebody angry, that affects their life too. Come out with love. Come out with understanding. Some empathy. You know, I'm not saying sympathize with everybody, but whatever's in your head, you're going to transmit. And whatever's in your head is going to either lock you down or lift you up. Thank you for being here. I can't wait for the next show. I love you guys. God bless you. Do great things. Now get the hell out of here. You have been listening to Diary of a Bald Man. Alan Wofford has left the building.